0: Michael Show, and today's a special one. We are broadcasting live. We're at Ironwood Golf Course here in Sussex. I love this place. This is my home course. I have not had a chance to really play it here uh, this year because uh, just I, I've had some just some health issues. I, I just haven't been able to get out and do it as much at all, for that matter, this season. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that eventually uh, I'm going to be able to get back out there and swing. I'm going to give it a shot today. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm not expecting too much. Uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, maybe that's what's wrong with the Brewers. I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that all is is terrible because uh, let's look at it this way. They're averaging 4.4 runs per game on the season. They are second in Major League Baseball and home runs. They are ninth in triples. However, here's some of the just the goofy off-the-wall numbers. They're tenth in walks. So, not bad. They can get on base in other ways. But they're 26th in doubles. Go figure. For a team that's second in home runs, you would figure a few of those balls that would normally go over the wall would fall a little bit short, and you would have at least a couple of doubles, right? Maybe they're just a fast team because they're ninth overall in triples on the season. But they're 25th in batting average, yet 17th in OPS because of the walks it it's it, it, what I'm what I'm trying to tell you is it's a much like the all or nothing that they have that's the way they are this team is all or nothing 2nd overall in home runs 26th in doubles 9th in triples 25th in average i <laughs> just Just goofy, goofy numbers, offensively speaking, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, with with Christian Yelich, before we hear from Craig Council, with Christian Yelich, one of the things to think about, they, one of the things to think about is that Christian Yelich's analytics, and I know people hate to hear this, and I do too, his analytics would tell you with the frequency with which he does hit the ball when it comes to hitting the ball hard is at a better-than-average rate in Major League Baseball. Believe it or not, when he makes contact, he's making good contact for the most part, above-average contact for Major League Baseball. But yet, he's striking out at a ridiculous rate. His number of first-pitch take at bats is ridiculous. He, he, he takes all, almost the first pitch at every at-bat. He's behind in the count more often than not, which means he's swinging defensively. All the things that he wasn't. Pitchers are not afraid of this guy. It used to be you'd never give him a down-the-middle first-pitch fastball just to get ahead. Now, you don't fear him. Not even Remotely. Pitchers are hitting the strike zone against him, first pitch, 72.8% of the time. So, like I said, it used to be you didn't want to get close. You wanted to kind of get him fishing to getting behind in the count. Now, go right at him. Why? Well, you don't fear him. But even though the analytics would tell you the, the Sabre metrics of launch speed, and how hard he's hitting the baseball on a consistent basis, you would say, okay, it's it's going to start to happen. But the dude has like an RBI in a month, no home runs. He's he's not hitting for power. I'm still, even though we he put up a couple of home runs in a short period of time, I still think that, Ben, when we made the bet on the over and under of 15 home runs total on the season – uh, he's over the last month. He's made me feel pretty good about that. After 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 hitting for the cycle in Cincinnati, I was thinking, oh boy, you know he's going to bust that open easy. And all of a sudden, he's gone again. Yeah, I'm going to lose that bet. He, I don't think he gets to 15. He's had he five. at five. At five so, yeah, five. But he had four or five in the first, you know, month and a half. Nothing right. in the last month. Well, he didn't hit – he hit one after, like, a, a few weeks. It didn't – it took him a while. And then when he got one, he got a couple, and then he got the hit for the cycle on Cincy. And since then, he's he's terrible. There was that Pirates game, I think. He might have had two, or he had that big one. That was the first Twitter video. That was where yeah. like the theory originated. But, yeah, no, it's it's not been good. Yeah, it, it's – he's been bad. So, I, I get why counsel can look at this and say – among other reasons, we're going to leave him in the third hole. But at some point, you you got to say, you're not helping the ball club. Like I said, Ken Maka used to give me the uh, analytics and statistics and all the different things when I would ask him questions about you – know, whatever it was, you know, because it's been so long. But I just remember I would go to those, those meetings and those little one-on-ones and ask him certain things and then I'd walk away going, okay, I understand what he's saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing because what he's saying is right. But to the eyeball test, no, this sucks. Christian Yelich right now, for all intents and purposes, sucks. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people that are Christian Yelich fans. But two weeks of a season, three weeks of a season, don't make you a season. And you certainly aren't living up to the contract expectations. Because ultimately that's where the, the the microscope comes from is the amount of money and it's not an exorbitant amount. It's not like they gave him, you know, forty million over six years or, or forty million a year for six years or ten years or something. But remember when we were talking about this guy down in spring training that there was rumor of a contract extension coming, and we were thinking this guy, boy, if he ended up going to the open market, he could be the first half-a-billion-dollar man. Remember that? Now? I wouldn't pay a buck and a quarter for him. He's awful. He's, he's, his, he is consistent. Uh, Jason said he's too inconsistent. No, he's consistent. He stinks more often than not. And he's, he's a good guy. He doesn't do anything wrong away from the field. Doesn't say anything wrong. it is kind of soft and mealy, so to speak. I mean, he's not an outspoken guy. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's not a big leader guy. He's not in the clubhouse giving speeches guy. He goes about his business. And his defense hasn't even been as great as we have seen in the past. It's just, it's it's been this disappointing decline. And I'll say this, and this is one other side of it. The argument by many more outside looking in, but I don't have a way to defend it anymore is the only time he succeeded was back when the brewers were being accused of stealing signs, specifically Christian Yellich. Now I think it's crap, but what the hell do I know? Because no, there was legitimate proof, visible, all tangible proof of what Houston was doing. Back during the sign-stealing, you know, gate, if you will. But the accusations were that there was more than a few teams in Major League Baseball that were doing something similar. And one of the teams that kept getting mentioned was the Milwaukee Brewers. But yet there was no proof. I said, show me the proof. Nobody ever showed you the proof. But there's always been that subterranean rumor that, yeah, there were certain guys that knew how to work the system, and Yelich was one of them. And I went, ah, come on. The guy's always been a decent hitter. He just finally found his his groove in Milwaukee. He, he's in a great situation. Well, since then, ironically, and the kneecap, he has done nothing, nothing to prove anybody wrong, nothing. So I... All I say is, I don't believe it, show me the proof. But for those that want to say that, yeah, this is the way he is and this is what was going on, I don't have a comeback anymore. I can't sit here and say, well, look what he's done since then. Because look what he's done since then. His numbers stink. They're nowhere near close to what he used to do. And that's what he got paid for. He got paid to produce, not necessarily 326 and 40 home runs, but he was getting paid to hit 275-280 and give you 20 to 25 home runs and about 85 driven in. That's the numbers that's kind of kind of kind of uh, melds out into his what his contract would be. He's been below far below that since signing that deal. And I cannot anymore believe that it was just his kneecap, just the injury. I can't I just can't. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if he's just trying to slap the ball. I don't know if he's just trying to do anything and everything just to get on. I I, I couldn't tell you. But the guy that we saw versus the guy that we saw, and I'll say this, looked confident at the plate and looked confident. Why? Because it looked like he knew what was coming. Whatever he was doing, he was guessing right. And he looked strong. You could. There was no place in that strike zone you could throw a ball without Christian Yelich pelting it somewhere. Either going the opposite way down the left field line or driving it out over the right center field fence. You, you couldn't do it. You couldn't get it past him until you got to the postseason. And then everything got past him. But once the kneecap happened, that was it. That was it. Eight seven seven Let's do this. When we come back, we will hear from Craig Council. I went a little bit long there. But i got to get to everybody that's hitting me up over on the Bud Light live stream. Thanks to everybody for paying attention today. And uh, if you want to email us, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Find us there as well. A lot of people chiming in on all of this. Stay tuned. We're going to get to all your reaction. Brewers uh, limp into the, uh, into, the, into the break, if you will. Today's an off day. I'm going to talk about that as well. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Final hour of The Bill Michael Show. Glad you're here. Broadcasting live. Ironwood Golf Course. We're in. Sussex, Wisconsin. Which, uh, if you look out over the uh, grandeur that it is, as we sit up here in the uh, in the upper clubhouse area, uh, a few clouds in the air, uh, but the puddles and such have pretty much dried up, which is great. And we're getting ready to hit the course just a little bit after two o'clock, so uh, two o'clock central time. So good stuff out there and uh, thanks to Mike uh, layman and his staff out here man they did a fantastic job getting this place together uh, let's do this let's go to our good, good buddy uh, Kevin Holden from CBS 58 who is uh, joining us uh, on the hotline Kevin how you been buddy all good bill uh,
1: back in the uh, back in the booth yesterday and it's terrible that this is such a great thing but uh, you know post pandemic some of these uh, old uh, conveniences are coming back we had a buffet and we had ice cream at uh, at the American Family Field in the media booth. And shut
0: <laughs> and- <laughs> your ass! Really?
1: Yup, it's back. And we were and so uh, expect the twenty pound weight gain. Drew is the unhappiest man on the planet right now. Ah, Drew Bain. Nice.
0: Nice, nice. Got the ice cream back. Well, if you got the ice cream back, then pretty much the world is back to where it should be and all is right. So, I'm, Except for the fact that the Brewers uh, have lost three straight. They limped into the off day. And, and Kevin, we've got Lorenzo Cain, who says he he just doesn't have answers. And you've got Christian Yelich, who is 0 for June. Um. What does this team need to do? I mean, they're going to get healthy. I'm not. I'm not jumping off any cliff by any stretch of the imagination. Going to get a back and Hunter Renfro back, and they're they're going to start getting healthy again. Hopefully, you get uh, Woodruff back sooner rather than later. I'm, I'm not panicking yet. Are you?
1: No, not at all. And and this year, there's a couple of reasons to to feel like there's a little more room. <clears throat> you know, in terms of, of this team's long-term success this year. One is the fact that the Central is as bad as it is and there's an extra wild-card team. I mean, there are, there are several reasons to give the Brewers a little extra margin for error. They do have to figure it out, though, at play uh, long-term. That's got to be a solution. And it's interesting because, obviously, Yelich has struggled, and that's been pretty much most of the year. But beyond that, the Troubles have been finding good right-handed hitters Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who had the one-hit Thursday and was 0 for however long before that, was the cleanup batter on Sunday. And Craig Council has been holding true to this lineup that goes left, right, left, right. Uh, Yesterday, I'm looking at that lineup, and, you know, you've got Hira in the sixth spot. You've got McCutcheon in the fourth spot. You've got Tyrone Taylor in the two spot. And and it's – I think there may come a time with a couple of these lineups where if your righties continue to struggle – Maybe you abandon your left-right idea for a while and just go with your best bats in the middle of the order, at least until you get, you know, the guys like Adamas and Renfro back. Uh, you may you may have to play around with it a little bit to uh, to make this thing work, at least in the short term.
0: So at what point, if any, and I know the analytics tell you that Christian Yelich is hitting the ball hard. He's in the, he's in the upper quarter of people that have exit velocity, and, and he's hitting it right at somebody. So I know the old adage in baseball is hit it where they ain't, and eventually it'll start to fall, but they're not. And he's over 130 at bats. What What do you do? You move him down? I mean, I know there's this whole thought of paying this guy this amount of money and being a veteran, and you can't move him down. It'll hurt his feelings and it'll dislodge the clubhouse. But at what point do you say we got to do what's best for the team?
1: Yeah, there's going to have to come a point. It's It's maybe not right now because I think council is is still trying to build the team. You know, I, I'd say quote properly with the idea that that his best players, his star players, are in the middle. Of everything, but Yelich has not been one of his best hitters. Despite the analytics, uh, that's—I mean—at some point it does have to change. I, I think the, the counter argument that you should have someone to bat in that spot, uh, you know, if you move Yelich, that's a that's a valid counter argument. It's a it's a whole team of guys that uh, you know. Yesterday we were talking about this in, cl- in clutch situations. It seemed like whoever was at the plate was hitting 220 with five homers. Jace Peterson 220, five homers. Yelich 220, five homers. So. It's, if they're all equal, then then I don't think you move Yelich at all. But if you get somebody that gets super hot in the next month or two, that may be the time to insert that person in the three spot and give Yelich a little break out of that spot of the order. I mean, I, the one thing that, that strikes me with Yelich is the balls are hit hard, but the Yelich that was an MVP would hit those balls as line drives to the opposite field that would land in the bullpen. This time it's hard grounders to second base. And – so there's, there's such a thing as, you know, it's hard contact, but it's hard contact on the ground, and that line drives into the air. And that's that, I think, is where he's got to make the adjustment in the, in the next, you know, what, month or two, try to get below it a little bit and hit those balls up a little more.
0: Yeah, they've talked about his launch angle for a while now, and I know that his, uh, you know, powerless streak started when he ended up getting the kneecap injury uh and and i was saying at the beginning of the show today kevin there was always the the underlying rumors that's subterranean of well he was one of those guys benefiting from stealing signs and such and i, I it came up again this morning it came up again over the weekend i don't have a, it used to be show me the evidence and then i'll believe you now they can't show you the evidence but i can't show you the evidence to say Christian Yelich is just fine ever since that investigation went down. I I can't tell you that he did or didn't. I don't know. I don't know if it was the kneecap. Something has been off ever since the kneecap and ever since that investigation happened.
1: No, you're, I mean, it's, and it's probably anecdotal evidence to say it that way, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing that's. There's nothing to attach but nothing to not attach. Those whose minds like to wander might wander in that category. I don't know if I necessarily believe it because I don't think that that signs are the difference between 340 homers versus 220 and five homers. I think that mm-hmm. I, I think you can get all the signs you want and won't hit 300 with 40 homers with this yellow right now. I think it's I think it's physical and I think you know again I, I'm no doctor but uh, having experienced you know injuries, Serious lower body injuries. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that changes. Like when this kneecap, when this happened with his kneecap, as much as he wants to be the old him, that spring mechanism, that timing mechanism to the ball could be different mentally. And you know, the fraction of a second is the difference between a hit and an out in this league. So that, that to me, that's if it's anything, it's 80% of it is just getting the, the the proper, you know, timing mechanism and driving through the ball the way he used to.
0: I'm talking with uh, Kevin Holden, CBS fifty eight, Milwaukee at three two one Q Kevin over there on Twitter. Uh, Craig Council's team needed this break today. I don't know necessarily that they were looking over the fence, saying, "Okay, let's bag this one," because we just want to get to Monday. But uh, this off day certainly comes at a good time. But I- I'll say this, Kevin. Uh, you know, and I said it earlier. Going nine and nine in the eighteen game stretch, eighteen games, seventeen days. As banged up as they are that's the reason I can anecdotally say I have more optimism in this team than I do pessimism at this point. Give me your thoughts.
1: Yeah, it's you know, you look at tough road trips uh, during the season and tough stretches during the season, and if the team survives it and goes through it, then you feel pretty good about it. And they went to San Diego, who's a good team. They went to St. Louis, who's a good team. They, they went to Chicago, not such a good team, but a, a team that can give the Brewers trouble. And, and they held their own on that road trip. And then You know, came back and yeah, the offense is in a funk. uh, But it's you know, nine and nine is way different than say you know five and thirteen. Like five and thirteen is when you start to really panic. But nine and nine with a bunch of guys out who should be coming back Uh, soon—that's not bad. I mean, that that Sunday game, that game yesterday. Again, because we did this on Telemundo, I got to dig down a little bit. I'm writing down the lineup, and there are three guys on the bench for the Brewers yesterday. Urias who's got a hurt hand and wasn't going to play. Lorenzo Kane, who is just in a full breakdown. God love him. He's he's one of my favorite brewers in a long time, but it's not there. It's not there right now. And Alex Jackson, who's a catcher who's with the team because of a COVID case. Those are your three bench bats, and that's not going to be the case for 162 games, but it is a recipe to struggle if you've got an offense that's already struggling.
0: So here's what I expect: uh, You've got a team in Philadelphia that's coming to town. They're under 500. And after that, you go on the road for three uh, three cities: Washington, obviously a team that's in the basement in the East. You've again then got the Mets. That's a tough. Uh, that's a tough road trip right there to go into New York, a team that's leading the East and uh, leading all of uh, National League in wins. That'll be a tough one. Then Cincinnati. Uh, in Cincinnati, a place where you hit traditionally well, and the last time they were there, that was when Christian Yellich actually produced Then you come back home for St. Louis, and then you come back home uh, for the interleague series with Toronto, and we know Toronto's also vying for these. So it's not easy, but at least over the next six games, you've got what you would consider to be room to kind of get your feet churning so you get running before you ultimately face uh, a very tough New York Mets team and then get into the St. Louis and Toronto and Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh before the end of the month. It's not easy, but you've got some opportunity here to kind of get back on the right track, right?
1: That's the truth. And, and honestly, baseball is one of those things, man. It all starts with one, right? It's it, you're talking about a hitter in a good streak. It starts with one line drive, one good at bat, and the confidence starts to come. And for the Brewers, the most important day might be today, the the off day. I mean, they they can they can take a mental break. They can get in the cage. They can work on things. Uh, I would love it. I think if you're the Brewers and you could choose to face the Phillies at any point, a week ago might've been better when Girardi was still the manager and they were in a tailspin because with this new skipper, the promotion from within, they played pretty well over the weekend, but, but that's still a beatable team. And, uh, and then, yeah, you go, you know, from there on the road, have a chance to build something, but if you, you know, string together a win or two against Philly, that starts the, uh, the momentum train going again. And there's so much talent that, the other thing about it that's different from so many other years is you can point to eight things that are going wrong with this Brewers team. And yet there they are the top of the NL Central in June. So if a half of those things start going right, I mean, this team's, you know, a division winner and, and one of the top seeds in the National League still. So I, I don't see anything so far that's taken me off of that, that point. I mean, if you get a good Yellich, you get a World Series contender. Otherwise, you still, you still got a team that's going to make a run.
0: Real quick before I let you go, uh, we're hoping to get Willie Adamas back uh, coming up the next series or in the weekend. So the question is, and I know a lot of people are excited about that. Willie Adamas, the energy guy, here we go. But the, but the bottom line is, even though he's got nine home runs and some big ones, he's still hitting 208. So, and he's got a 766 OPS because of the power numbers. I get that. But I don't think it's just because Willie Adamas comes walking through that door. Now, Hunter Renfro obviously has a much better average, and he's also giving you some power numbers. So there's some excitement there, 18 home runs between the two. But you get both of them back. I don't think Adamas necessarily is your, your energy guy. He's your fun guy, but you're, you're going to need the productivity, more productivity to go along with it, aren't you?
1: You absolutely are, yeah. and And this may be the thing – that that helps a couple of other guys snap out. It's just the more quality bats you can put in your lineup, uh, the better it is for the other guys. In other words, you know, the the guy in Washington who hits in front of Juan Soto, the guy in San Diego who hits in front of Machado, that was Jake Cronenworth, by the way, the guy that hit the three-run homer in the 10th inning. Those guys get good pitches because pitchers don't want to walk them to face the better players. So if Renfro's in a hot streak and he's fourth, Yelich might see even better pitches as the three or Adamas might see better pitches as the two because Yelich is batting third. If he starts getting hot, it's a, it's a domino effect. So it's, it, even if, if Adamas returns and it's energy and fun and whatever, if you get three or four bats heated up, it, there's a reason it's contagious because pitchers start adjusting and facing other batters with different pitches. And that's what gets a whole lineup going. And again, it just starts with one and, I don't care who it is. If it's a Thomas, if it's Renfro, if it's Pablo Reyes, find a way, man. Just give me somebody, and then it should work from there.
0: Get a few base hits, no doubt. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. All right, pal. There you go. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. And uh, at 321-Q-Kevin, 321-Q-Kevin. You can find him over there on uh, on Twitter and uh, track him down. And, And, Ryan, you're right. Nobody right now is afraid of anybody in this Brewers lineup. Uh, you, I mean, you don't want to make a bad pitch to uh, to Adamus or or Hunter Renfro. I mean, where you're going to leave it out over the plate and they're going to park it because they can give you power numbers. But as far as guys hitting consistently, no. I 100% agree with you, man. No doubt about it. Uh, 877-867-1670, this portion of the program. Brought to you by our good friends at uh, Growth Law Firm who is a big part of our motorcycle ride this uh, this year. And, uh, by the way, if you are following over on the Bud Light live stream, you can see and, and get signed up if you choose to do so, see uh, the flyer for the motorcycle ride. And in addition to that, uh, you can also just scan the QR code. That will take you right to the registration page. This promises to be our biggest and best yet. So many great details. Please follow the ride and all the details. Go to Facebook.com slash BigUnitPokerRun. And we will give you all the details coming up here later this week for sure. Promise you, because it's going to be great. And it's a whole laundry list of great things that are coming up. Thanks to our friends at Growth Law Firm. Thanks to the Rock Complex, Alpine Valley, uh, Knucklehead as well. Thanks to Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Uh, they're supplying our dealers, our volunteers at the end. And they've been a great, great supporter of veterans. They really they came to us and wanted to be a part of this. So thanks to Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. And also a new one that came on board, a Great Lakes Dragway. Great Lakes Dragway. You want to race your car and get a bunch of friends together? Head down there, in the quarter-mile track. There you have it. Uh, great Lakes Dragway, right in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Go to GreatLakesDragway.com. That's GreatLakesDragway.com, and see all that they have to offer. Not to mention our great friends from Wisconsin Harley Davidson, uh, who had a a be- beautiful weekend of rides out there, and coming up a couple of weekends. From now, they have another one, and our friends at Bud Light as well. Stay tuned. We are going to talk some Packers. Mike Clemens, our guy on the ground, he's going to join us coming up next. This is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate,
1: subscribe.